Good morning, everyone. This is The Cadence Show, and this morning I'm going to be reviewing last night's Monday Night Raw that aired live in Greenville, South Carolina. And joining my podcast this morning is Michael Gibbon. Good morning, good morning. Michael, what did you think of the show last night? Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a typical Raw, um, you know, just three hours of wrestling, you know, on a Monday night. With not many things going on, it's just it's hard to it's hard to get through. I mean, SmackDown, as you know, two hours. You know, it feels like you're just starting to get there when the show goes off. But Raw, by the time it goes off in that third hour, you're just kind of like, Ugh. yeah, same here. I agree. And with that, let's go ahead and get the review started for Monday Night Raw. So, Jerry Lawler kicks off the show for Rusev and Lana's divorce. And uh, it's literally annoying. I wish that would just be over. But, of course, Bobby and Rusev are going to have a match at TLC. And it's not going to be over yet. Well, hopefully that's, you know, hopefully that match that they have at TLC will be... Maybe the beginning and the end of the feud. I kind of don't see it right now, but, you know, man. That segment would have been about ten minutes shorter without all the Lana screaming and laying on the ring mat and hollering and flopping around like a little whiny girl. You know, without all that stuff and, you know, Bobby coming out, you know, and this and that, it'd been a good segment. I just kind of lost interest in it, you know, the longer it went. If it would have been like a regular divorce, just sign the papers and maybe talk a few words and her not screaming and then Bruce would bring Bobby into it and Bobby come out, it would have been better than what it was. Yeah, well, WWE's never going to have anything normal. You know, it's always going to be some type of fight. Every time a table set up in the ring, someone's going to go through that table. You might as well always look at it that way. <laughs> Backstage... Um, Charlie was asking Kevin why the AOP attacked him and Seth told them to he said that Seth told them to and Kevin is now looking for them the AOP that is yeah I mean you know that that went on a little too long too but I mean that it was interesting you know he walked up to Mysterio and, you know, Mysterio handed him the lead pipe that you can obviously tell was not much of a lead pipe. I mean, he was carrying it around like a toy, you know, most of the show. But, you know, his an interesting. It actually looked like a toy. I don't even think it was a real yeah, pipe. I mean, he would actually hit it against his hand, and it didn't sound like a lead pipe when he was even hitting, um, you know, people with it or smashing the windows. Now it's seemed a little bit more realistic. But. Yeah. Then it went off, and then Matt Hardy come out, and then it was Drew McIntyre. Then McIntyre started talking about Hardy's kid, and then Hardy attacked him, but Drew come up and defeated him. I'm not really sure what they're doing with Matt Hardy here. I mean, we've already seen the Woken character come out, and it lasted for a little bit, and then he went away. It kind of seems that's where they're going. You know, back to something like that with Hardy. He just pops up out of nowhere last week, losing every match now. You know, it kind of looks like, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe 
they decide to bring broken Matt Hardy, you know, from TNA. I, I don't know what the end result's going to be here, but even if these are Matt's possible last matches in his career before he goes into the Hall of Fame or, you know, possibly retirement, you sure don't want him losing. Then it goes backstage again. You can see Charlotte walk up, then the camera turns, and it's to Becky. And then Charlotte's over like, saying, I don't like you, but I don't like the Kabuki Warriors more. And then she's asking if she would want to be Becky Two Belts again. And then she's like, so you're asking me to help you with the Kabuki Warriors. Um, so that's going to be a match, I guess, at TLC. I'd much rather see a tag team match, you know, for the titles besides, you know, this two-on-one handicap match stuff. But it just seems to me that that's the only four women that's even being on Raw right now. You know, where's the other women's division people? You know, this is the only people that you ever see, and they build this storyline where Charlotte's fighting them both one week and Becky's fighting them both the next week. Yeah, but that... First time in a few weeks, Becky's been back. I don't know where she ever went or not, but that's the first time she's been on TV for a while. I mean, heck, well, I mean, it's just like there's no more women on the Raw roster. I mean, you know, there's no... Where are these people at? You, know, you never see anything with them. Of course, the Lana stuff, but I was just happy when that ended. Yeah. Then it goes out, and the Viking Raiders come out and ask someone to come and fight them this point, I was expecting, you know, someone fairly decent, you know, maybe even a, a local enhancement. But, you know, when, uh, you know, the music hit for the... Street Profits. The Street Profits. <clears throat> I'm thinking, oh my God, what do you do here? you got the Viking Raiders dominant right now, not losing to no one. You've got the Street Profits who you've built for months. You know, how do, how do you do this? I'm thinking maybe some type of disqualification. but <laughs> And no. the Street Profits lost because the Viking Raiders took the win. And like you said, they was building up the Street Profits and they wasn't letting them lose. And then they finally lost. Because, I mean, they wasn't letting Viking Raiders lose either because they had the titles. The wrong uh, tag team titles. I mean, you know, but after the match, you know, they did shake hands and have the show of sportsmanship. So, I mean, it did show, you know, the loss didn't, in the eyes of the, you know, of the match, you know, it doesn't doesn't show that, you know, it really hurt either team either way. But, I I don't know. Then at the end of that show, Seth Rollins' music's hit and he comes out and says there's something he has to do and it's unfinished business. With the AOP. Yeah. And he wants to fight them. And then Kevin Owens' music hits. And he makes his way to the ring. And asks when the AOP was going to get there. Because he was ready for them all three to team up on him. And then like Seth's over here saying. That he wasn't on the AOP side. That he wanted to fight the AOP too. And then. You see the the camera, and then you see him arriving at the arena. Yeah. Well, I mean, also at the end of that tag match, you know, Seth interrupts, you know, 
the street prophets and, but Seth and does, the Viking Raiders. And then you got to think, you know, Seth, when he had that spell a few weeks ago where he said everybody sucked and didn't win, the Viking Raiders won their match at Survivor Series. That's where the Viking Raiders should have stood tall and got into Seth's face and said, you know, you know, we won the match, you did not. When You know, anything would have been better than just the tag teams looking at Seth like, you know, he's the greatest thing on the show and just walking away. You know, it's it's whatever it is. But yeah. Kevin started running his mouth, though, I guess, the way it looked. Then Seth said, oh, it looks like I'm just going to have to leave because he didn't want to hear everything that Kevin had to say. You you could see where this is going. You know, it's a, it's a feud, you know, with KO and Rollins. I mean, that's... That's all it is. They're just trying to build it, you know, and possibly even trying to build it, you know, a little bit further down the road. You know, we've got Royal Rumble coming up next month, which is one of the big four. TLC this Sunday. You know, so they're they're trying now. You know, you got to think you're about a month out from WrestleMania season. So, you know, they've got to start building the big, big storylines and starting to get things going. You know, you'll start seeing some major returns and stuff even next month. So, you know, all your stuff's going to start adding pieces together in the coming weeks. Then Sami Zayn's music hits, and he's on SmackDown. <sighs> but he comes out with Mojo. Yeah, and, you know, basically what led to that, you know, was when KO was in the back looking for the AOP, you know, he, he hit Mojo with the, the lead pipe that he was carrying around. And then, you I know, thought he then, smacked him across the face. You know... It, it could have been the pop. I don't it, know for it sure. It could have been. I don't know. Like I said, that anything with Mojo Raleigh is not interesting to yeah, me. Yeah, really. Mean, you know, what has Mojo Raleigh got to do with Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins' feud, you know? Yeah, really. I don't even understand that. Street Profits are more involved in than what yeah. he should be. But, you know, then you, you knew where that was going to go. You know, KO was going to lay him out. But, you know, yeah, he, Kevin he, stunts Mojo. You know, he throws him the pot, lays him out. Sami Zayn walks away and... There you are. Yeah. Then Aleister Black comes out. My goodness, how good is Aleister Black? Aleister Black, man, I mean, it's just, when his music hits, I get chills. You know, I mean, to, to me, Aleister Black's one of the best things on the show. But, you know, he had a match with Akira Tozawa there tonight. and <laughs> Which leads you to believe, you know, Tozawa took on Drew McIntyre last week. And Tazawa gets, you know, Alistair tonight, and you're thinking, oh, my God. At least he's getting airtime. Like At least he is on TV, and he's got some big high-flying moves that he'll hit. But, my goodness, you know, they're putting him up against these guys that you know he don't stand a I like against. Alistair. He's one of my favorite guy wrestlers. Honestly, Alistair Black, I'd like to see him in one of the top top feuds in the company in the coming yeah. months. I mean, I don't know if he'll be there before WrestleMania, but next year should be the year of Alistair Black. Yeah. Well, we all know who won that match. It was Aleister Black. <laughs> well, I would hope so. If Tozawa wins that match, then he might as well win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> yeah, really. Then we all know Zelina's not far behind Aleister whenever he has a match. Never fails, never fails. They're, <laughs> so, all, they're always back to each other, back to back. But Andrade comes out, and we know Zelina's with him, so we know they're not far behind. And he... Has a match with Humberto. If you remember back, I think it was last week they had a match. Or Humberto, 
Somehow or another, there was a, something that went on between these two last week. And you kind of figured, you know, this was the week that Umberto was going to pick up the victory. You know, because if you're going to keep a feud going, you're going to have, you know, Andrade win one week, Umberto's going to win one week. You know, they're going to go back and forth and then have that payoff match more than likely this Sunday. Yeah. If it wouldn't have been for Zelina jumping on the ring, and, I mean, Humberto stopped, so he wouldn't hit her. But, um... It was it was a decent match, but Andrade you know, actually Andrade, runs you know, into took her. Took Selena out, and you kind of knew right then and there that something was going to happen. So I mean, Humberto took the win. It, it was a good win, you know. It was you know they've been pushing uh, uh, Andrade the last few weeks, so that was a good win for Humberto, especially if they're going to keep him around and you know try to push him a little bit on the mid card. Then it goes to commercial, and then it comes back on, and Zack Ryder is out out there with Kurt Hawkins, <sighs> but the it's. Zack Ryder versus Buddy Buddy Murphy. <laughs> you got to think, you know, a year ago, Buddy Murphy was the headliner on 205 Live. Now Buddy Murphy is one of the main attractions on Monday Night Raw going into a head-on crash course feud with Aleister Black. So, I mean, you kind of seen, you're sitting there thinking, you know, Zack Ryder and Buddy Murphy pretty much on the same page you know you would think neither one of them's ever going to win but somebody had to win and you knew with that crash course that's coming with buddy murphy and black you know you knew it was going to be buddy so no i mean that's good i mean i'd i'd rather see buddy murphy you know pick up the victory here anyway because it just makes him look stronger going into his match this sunday then it goes backstage again and kevin beats the windows out of the van of the aop and then he opens the back of the van and thought he found the AOP, but then the AOP comes from behind and attacks, and then Rollin comes out from the back and then does. This this is really cool. This kind of reminds you of the old school Attitude Error beatdowns here. You know, you knew Rollins eventually was going to be the third person, you know, with that faction. You knew there was something. I mean, he's just running around every week whining, you know, that he ain't involved with them. But, you know, that it, it was pretty cool. I liked the way the segment was set up. You know, they beat KO down. But at the same time, every week that KO gets beat down, you kind of think, well, when this match happens, KO's going to be the one that gets the revenge here. But, you know, it, it's interesting, and I like the Seth-KO feud. Then Seth Music hit. He came out to the ring, said he does everything right and gets spit on and disrespected, but he's staying side by side with the AOP. And then the AOP comes out and they just walk back in behind well, and back The AOP, you know, when their first run with WWE were dominant. You know, then one of them got hurt and they were out for a little while. And, you know, they brought them back. They're speaking different languages in their promos. Yeah. They look bigger than ever. And, why not put them with the top man on the on the, in the company? You know that if you if you want to build someone up, that's the way to do it. So that I mean, I look forward to see what's next for that. And here comes a match that's every Monday night. It's either Charlotte or Becky with the Kabuki Warriors, but Becky ha- has a match with the Kabuki Warriors on a two on one handicap match, but Becky defeats the Kabuki Warriors with the disqualification. Yeah, I mean, they're not, you know, they're trying to keep this feud going, but you see where it's going. Becky and Charlotte's going to team up, you know, they're going to take on the Kabuki Warriors in the tag team women's match. and That's basically where this is going. It's just doing something to be a time filler. 
Yeah, which leads up to the next time fielder. You know, Eric Rowan comes out. Yeah. Big monster that we've seen re- redone a hundred times, and they let him go big for a few weeks, and then he starts losing to people like Buddy Murphy and them. Yeah, but he has a match with the local competitor. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's just... If it, makes going, him, it makes him look strong, but it also making him look weak the more he I does know, it. but if you're going to build Eric up, why make him fight them and not a big name? Because they're trying to build him up, but it ain't. I mean, right now, the only thing interested of Eric Rowan, for me, is knowing what he's got in that cage. Yeah. I don't care how many local enhancement talents he can beat or how many matches he wins. I want to know what he's got in that cage. That's And that's awful to think, but that's out of his whole storyline right now, I want to know what's in the cage. But Eric defeats the local competitor with a stop, uh, match stoppage. Yeah, well, I mean, I wouldn't expect nothing else. Then... It goes to the main event, which is the United States champion Rey Mysterio and AJ Styles. And we all knew Rey Mysterio was going to win. But Randy comes out in the ring and winks at AJ. Uh, This was a really good match. You know, I enjoy watching this match. You know, I mean, you knew it was going to be back and forth. Both guys, you know, were... You know, really, really good technical wrestlers in the ring. So, you know, they were the back and forth for a while. But toward the end, you started noticing, you know, the time was getting kind of short. And you're like, what in the world? You know, they're running out of time. And then, you know, AJ goes for AJ goes for um, his finish there and the Styles Clash. And then he botches it. And then he turns around and there's Randy in the ring. And then, you know, there's the roll-up. You know, Ray gets the one, two, three. And then just boom, in the blink of an eye, Raw goes I mean, up. It hear, runs out of time. It's, you hear his music for a few seconds and it just cuts off. It's like, you know, that, that was a very, very use of time right there. But, I was thinking maybe they lost track of time or they just let the match go way too long or something. One of the matches go way too long. I'd say it's... The roofs have won way, way too long. Yeah, yeah, there was a way too much there. But thank you for listening to my podcast this morning. Hope you all have a fantastic day. And we'll see you Friday. I want to thank you all for listening to my podcast. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, it's at DoocyGO5. And if you want to follow me, and this is Michael from the Michael Jividen Show, you can follow me on Twitter at Cornbread with a K, Cornbread191.